Believe it or not, there are only three more football games in the NFL season. We're getting close to the dark days. I'm hanging out with Big B, Brian Haley, on today's episode, and we're going to talk about all the games that happen and all the games that will come, coming up on today's Outside the Trenches. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of Outside the Trenches. We're down a man today on Outside the Trenches. Just myself, Tucker Franklin, hanging out with Big B, Brian Haley today, talking about the divisional round. And then we'll get into a little bit of the championship round. Look, there's not very many football games left, so we get an opportunity to talk about all of them. And all of them, two big B are in standalone spots, which I really like. I really enjoy yeah. having these standalone games. How was your football watching weekend last weekend? It was good. It was good. I mean, I I wasn't really surprised at a lot of the outcomes. Uh, I, I thought they were going to be good games. I, the one game that I thought was going to get away was the Ravens-Texas uh, game, and it yep. did. Uh, but other than that, I thought the rest of them would be pretty close games. They were. So uh, it was great football. It really was. I had a great game on that uh, Saturday night with the 49ers Packers. The, the Packers yeah. just about did it. They just about uh, knocked them off. Lions-Bucks was a great game, too. Just And then the Chiefs and Bills just to kind of night. The, the, There's a nice nightcap little chaser after yeah. the uh, the Bucks lions It was a good little uh, football one-two punch right there. But before we get too far into it, got to give a shout out to our friends at Five Farms Irish Cream uh, Liqueur. Great stuff to put into your coffee this time of year. Look, Kansas City's having a heat wave right now. They, we, we, we've got ourselves a heat wave. It is above freezing. Uh, but it's still cold enough for you to enjoy a little bit of coffee, a little bit of hot chocolate, and that Five Farms Irish Cream. Uh, really love our friends at Holiday Distillery. They make Five Farms Irish Cream Liqueur. And uh, they distribute it as well all across the, I think, all across the world. They're, they distribute that, too. And we had a great watch party out there to thank. So thanks to everyone who showed up there, who came and hang, hung out with us as the uh, Chiefs and Bills played an all-time classic. But, uh, Bigby, before we get too deep into, uh, we'll first start with the Ravens Texas. We'll just go, like, in chronological order, basically, with these games. Uh, I do want to give some updates as... Um, as the Chiefs prepare to take on the Baltimore Ravens, probably the first time that the Chiefs have not had the injury health advantage in this game. It seems like yeah. the Ravens are getting people, getting guys back, Marlon Humphrey being one of those guys. Uh, but Isaiah Pacheco didn't practice. Seems like he will play uh, as we're recording this on Wednesday, watching live at time. Appreciate you guys uh, as well. But the big one is Joe Tooney. Joe Tooney having that pec injury. He left the game. Nick Allegretti came in for 13 snaps, I believe. Played well in those 13 snaps. Didn't really notice that he was in there, which is always good for an offensive lineman. Uh, but we also got positive signs for Willie Gay. X-rays on the neck came back negative. He is on pace to play. Obviously, setbacks happen and everything like that. Uh, but as of right now, looking like Isaiah Pacheco will play Sunday. He had a toe injury. He just sat out uh, on uh, Wednesday's practice. Looking like Joe Tooney is going to try very hard to play, but it would be uh, probably a doubtful situation, I would assume. Right. Um, and then it looks like Willie Gay is pacing to play as well. Big B, what do you think about those? Those aren't any slouches either. Like Those are some big no. names for the Chiefs on both sides of the ball. Um, I mean, Pacheco, I think, is going to end up playing. Yeah. You know, there's enough that you can do pregame uh, during the week that you can rest. And I think he'll be out there. The one, and you mentioned it, Tony, look, a pec injury, we all know what that is. Uh, whether they're going to say it or not, it, it is it's, it, it is what it is. It's tough to play. I mean, you can't block. You can't push anybody. You can't you can't function as an offensive lineman with a torn pec. You, you just right. can't play. And, and if that's what it is, which I would guess all intents and purposes it probably is, while you can do everything that you can to be out there, it's like if you have no power, there's not a whole lot that you can do. So that one will hurt. I mean, every injury hurts. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, you're taking one of the best uh, guards in football and he's not playing. Regardless of whether his backup plays well or not, the backup's the backup for a reason. Right. It, it's That's going to be a problem. It'll be interesting, too, because their best rusher is Matabuke, the the three-tech. Yes. Like, that is their best rusher on that 
uh, defensive line, and, and you can assume that they're going to be lining him up on Nick Allegretti every time in that three tech. Um, just, just make him to make things happen. That's what that's what all yeah. good rushers do is to get those mismatches. Uh, other just kind of a, a little housekeeping here. Derek Naughty still didn't practice. I don't. He's not going to play. He had surgery on his elbow. Uh, right. So don't anticipate him to come back. Sky Moore didn't practice. Still on injury reserve. Uh, he's his window's been activated, but he hasn't really practiced yet. Uh, so I wouldn't anticipate him to be back either. Trey Smith didn't practice on Wednesday because he had an illness. The Chiefs have had this illness going around for a few weeks now. Uh, Mike Edwards also didn't per- participate in practice either with his concussion. Now it's still possible not practicing on Wednesday in the concussion protocol to still make it to game day and be cleared. We saw it, I think, last... I can't remember who it was exactly. It was on the Bills, who was in the concussion protocol yep. weekend and cleared it. Uh, he was able to... It's it's possible. It can be done. It's just when he starts missing, if he misses a Thursday practice, that's when you're like, okay, don't know if he's going to quite play. That would be big for him to get back. Um, but uh, Joe Tooney, obviously, as we mentioned, they said that he did the MRI and it wasn't a tear. It's just a strain. Um, still not an easy thing to... No. Right, as an offensive lineman, a, a peck is a very crucial part to your job uh, yeah. in terms of the mechanics of everything. But it'd be on the other side of it, looking at the Ravens, I mean, Mark Andrews still on IR, but was a full participant on Wednesday. Like, there yeah. looks like they're going to get Mark Andrews back. It looks like Marlon Humphrey's going to come back too. He was a limited participant with his calf injury. And, like, that's it. Tylen Wallace didn't practice uh, because of a knee injury. And uh, Kevin Zeitler didn't practice because. Because he just got rest, gets rest on Wednesdays. Uh, so it's it's one of those things where they're looking pretty healthy and they're getting healthier too. And they've been playing well without Mark Andrews, and they've been playing well without Marlon Humphrey, but they're getting healthier. Yeah, I mean, look, it's it's one of those situations where all the stars seem to be aligning for Baltimore yeah. to try to win this football game. I mean, it's just what you said. The Chiefs are getting hurt, and, and key guys are missing practice time, possibly missing game time, where key guys for the Ravens are all coming back. You know, and again, Marlon Humphrey, one uh, when he's healthy, he's one of the best corners in football. Mark Andrews, when healthy, is one of the best tight ends in football. Again, not slouches, not average football players. We're talking at the top of their position when these guys are healthy. Those are the guys that are coming back from Baltimore. Um Football's, I mean, it's a game of attrition, and, you know, sometimes it's when you get hurt because you're going to get hurt. Some, I mean, your team is going to get hurt. It just seems like Baltimore is getting healthy. Not seems. They are getting healthy at the right time. That's what all, people always say. Get healthy at the right time. Well, this couldn't be a better time for them. Right. And they've, honestly, Isaiah Likely has played very well in Mark Andrews' absence. Yeah, he has. Duff has played really well, but to have both of those guys now in his uh, – a little bit of a worry for the Chiefs. Don't worry. We'll, we'll hit on that game a little bit more. Um, and you could obviously listen to Big B and I talk about the trenches, the interior of this this matchup on our Five Things podcast coming out later in the week on Saturday. Uh, but Big B, let's start with the Ravens because they did play the first game of the weekend. They played the Texans. That game was tied at halftime, 10-10 at halftime. People thought, uh, I shouldn't say people, I should just speak for myself. I kind of thought the Ravens were on the ropes there. You know, having yeah. the having a week off, they also took week eighteen off a little. Or they they had the rest of their starters for week eighteen, so the starters had two weeks off. You're getting the conversation about rest versus rust, you that you hear all the time and all and in these debates. But ten ten, Big B, what was your vibe at, at the half when when that game uh, goes into the halftime time? Well, the Ravens' offensive line was getting their head beaten in. Is what was happening. They 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 were the Texans were bringing blitzes. It seemed like every single snap. And the offensive line couldn't figure out where it was coming from. And Lamar Jackson kept getting sacked. He, I mean, they just couldn't block him. And that's all that it was. They, they were bringing it on rundowns. They were bringing it on passing downs. It just seemed like every single snap, they're bringing an extra guy, an extra two guys. And the offensive line was just, they were literally getting whipped. They were getting whipped. And when they got in at halftime, I guess, the, you know, the old Lamar Jackson custom out, blah, 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 whatever happened in the locker room, it happened, and then they figured it out. It's like they woke up. It's kind of what you mentioned, that they had some rust, and the rust wore off, and then it's like, okay, this is what they're doing. Let's just block these guys. And once they started blocking them, I mean, they couldn't stop them, and the game was over because 
Right. Their defense, Ravens defense only gave up three points. He got a, a, a touchdown on a punt return. I go, but they could not do anything. They couldn't run the ball an inch against the Ravens. It just, it was just a matter of time. If the Ravens got their offense going, which they did, it was going to get ugly because they couldn't do anything. The Texans couldn't on the offensive side of the football. And I believe the Ravens, if I remember this correctly, I'm going to look it up right now, but I believe the Ravens after half scored on like their first three possessions or something. They did. Like that. Um, and which is very hard for any team to kind of overcome after that, especially when the Ravens defense was playing as well as it was. Um, it was really, and you mentioned it, they only allowed three points. The defense did. It was really the offense that was holding them back in that, in that yep. game. And, and, and you mentioned the offensive line. I was having a conversation with Sean Barber, or a former NFL linebacker today, about like the Ravens. And like they're, they're, they got a lot of talent at the wide receiver position, a lot of talent um, at the quarterback position. They've got some good running backs. They've got uh, good tight ends. And so it's like almost naturally, because they have so much good talent everywhere, that their weakness is the offensive line. It almost seems like that that's their that's their weakness, and and when it comes up, but they got some good offensive linemen on that team. They do. Um, but it's it's a it's a pretty solid unit. And and you mentioned earlier, like the stars just seem to be aligning for Baltimore right now. They're hot. Um, I know Chiefs fans don't really want to hear that, right? Like they don't want to right. hear that Baltimore's playing well. Baltimore's hot. They get the game at home. T Pain's playing at halftime. Uh, like they've got everything going on in their corner right now. Um, and this game right there just kind of showed that. You know, I think we had the conversation a few weeks ago about the Texans where it eventually, I think, was going to get too big for them, right? Like, Correct. I thought it was going to happen in the regular season, right? I thought there was going to be something to kind of limit them to get to the playoffs. That didn't happen. This one was clearly too big for the Texans, but I think they're going in the right direction, obviously. Yeah, the Texans are, are going to be around for a while. When you got a head coach that's that good and then you've got a quarterback that's already a top 10 quarterback, I know a lot of people don't want to hear that, because he's a rookie. I said, but he's played one year. You can't, you know, judge it based on five years of, you know, a sample size. He doesn't have that. And I go, but the way he played this year is top 10 worthy quarterback play. I go, it's the same thing when Patrick Mahomes came to the league. Although he wasn't a rookie, the first year that he started, Patrick Mahomes was the top two or three quarterback in this football league without question. So C.J. Stroud's the same way. But the moment, like you mentioned, not just for him, You know, the one thing about you talked about the Ravens having a pretty good offensive line, the Texans do not. While they have a superstar in Laramie Tunsil at left tackle, the rest of their offensive line, there's there's something to be desired. Let's just say that. And with playing against the Ravens defense, you can't have an offensive line that needs to be desired. Otherwise, you're going to run into big problems. That's what happened on the road. You know, and I'm not sure that C.J. Stroud got rattled. I just don't think that they could do anything. I just think the Ravens' defense was just that much better than the Texans' offense. For sure. And I think that that was kind of the thing. And I went and looked it up, too. The Ravens scored on every drive of the second half. Uh, So they scored a touchdown to open up the third quarter on a drive that was only six plays, two and a half, almost three minutes long. Um, And then there were only two possessions in the third quarter. Um, and then it was touchdown, touchdown, field goal to end the game for the Ravens. So <clears throat> hard to uh, hard to win a game when you're letting the other team score every time I yeah. touch the ball. But uh, yeah, I, I think there's obviously signs for optimism if you're uh, a Texans fan. Uh, Ravens do just uh, look like they're they're kind of surging at the right time, which uh, with the kind of Chiefs are kind of on that same path. It's going to be a collision course right there that AFC Championship yep. game. Uh, I think it's going to be a really good football game. I'm excited for that one to lead the weekend off. By the way, to lead the okay. Sunday off on two at two p.m. Central Time, that's going to be an interesting one. But before we uh, get to a break, Big B, let's talk 49ers Packers because that, again, these were the two one seeds that were playing on Saturday. Niners also getting that coming off that week of rest, and it looked like they had a little bit more rust than maybe even the Ravens showed. As the Packers kind of jumped all over them. Packers were hot coming off the game against the Cowboys. It had a lot of momentum, and it it showed in the first part of this game. Yeah. I mean, look, the Packers were playing, or or should I say Jordan Love was playing as well as any quarterback in the league the last seven weeks of the season, including the previous week when they played the Cowboys. I mean, he was just playing absolute lights-out football, and that carried over to the rest of the team. Because the Packers' defense, while okay, it wasn't just some unit that you thought was going to be great. Well, they shut down the 49ers for what they were trying to do. First of all, they shut down the Cowboys the week before. 
And I know we all those yards, those garbage yards that the Cowboys got at the end, that didn't mean anything. They completely shut them down. The game was 48-16 against San Francisco. They shut down what they were trying to do. Brock Purdy was playing awful. I know mm -hmm. people give the excuse that it was in the rain. Uh, yeah, I, I just don't want to hear that excuse. You know, it, it, they shut down what they were trying to do, and they put their best foot forward. And if you think about it, the Packers basically let this one get away because if you make the 41-yard field goal, the touchdown only ties the game, and then you have the young quarterbacks not in panic mode, which he showed he was in panic mode throwing that late interception across his body, late over the middle, which is, I mean, you learn that in peewee football not to do that. And again, you're in panic mode. Instead of just throwing it away, he thought he had to make a play. So if you make that field goal, then there's a lot of things that, you know, you can still do with all that time left. You drive down, you get yourself back into field goal range, and maybe you field goal to win it. So I, I just thought there was a lot of things that the Packers gave away. They played outstanding, but you've heard me all year. I've been on Brock Purdy's head, Tucker, about not being able to play with game pressure. And dag nabbit, if that dude didn't put together a drive, after playing lousy, yeah. put together the drive to win the football game at the end of the game, you got to give him credit. He did not play very good up until when he had to play oh, good, which, no. I mean, what what is usually what the opposite. The inverse is usually true Correct uh, for Brock Purdy, where he plays really good until he has to play good. Uh, yeah, I, that missed field goal was big. This game being played in the rain was one of those interesting things because from the broadcast angle, it didn't look like it was like that. It wasn't wet. that bad till the very end of the game. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and then like once you got like the field cams, you're like, oh, it's like actually, it's like the field right. looks like it's it's being affected by this. Uh, but that interception from Jordan Love looked like a Brett Favre interception. I, I saw it side by side with a couple Brett Favre picks, and you're just like, wow, like. He's gonna do the he's gonna do the little drop back fadeaway jumpers and and he'll also do the crossbody interceptions. I think mm -hmm. that's the Packers have to have a quarterback that does that. I think that's a that's <laughs> just a rule. It's just a law that has to, that you have to have uh, a quarterback that does that. Uh, but yeah, this game, I find I found myself rooting for the Packers in this game. I don't know why. I, I've got nothing against the San Francisco 49ers. I think they're a very good football team. But just the fact that how they were going about this game, how they beat the Cowboys, how Jordan Love has been playing so well, and I, I think deep down inside, Big B, I really wanted the Cowboy or the the Packers to be in a in a conundrum, right? Because look, Jordan Love basically played his whole rookie contract on the bench, and so like that, yeah, he he signed a contract for like this year and maybe next year. It was a it was a weird deal. But if are you going to fully commit to Jordan Love if he takes you to the NFC Championship game? Well, maybe they do. Uh, but but I think they're in a weird spot when it comes to Jordan Love because are you do you want to fully commit to that? They're not in the spot right now in terms of draft picks to draft guy. Um, again, now they can trade up. They've shown they're they're willing to do that before uh, for a quarterback. But uh, it, it's a, it's kind of an interesting spot. But I think a lot of people, Packers fans that I know. Very confident in what Jordan Love did in the later half of the season and even into the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I was, I, I'm not a 49ers guy, so I wanted the Packers to win the game, and they were doing everything that they possibly could to win the game until the first interception. I think was a killer too, where it, it yeah. looked like Jordan Love tried to make a look, no look pass, you know. And I'm like, what are you doing, man? What, what what's going on here? And I did, they were running the ball. That's the one thing. They ran the ball right down the throat of the 49ers. Everybody thought that the 49ers defense, you can't move the ball, you can't run the ball. Packers did exactly what they wanted to do. I mean, 49ers weren't putting up a whole lot of resistance. They ran the football on them. It seems like the Ravens kind of broke that, that whole mythical defense of the 49ers that, you know, if you get physical with them, what are they going to do? Well, that's yeah. what Packers did. They got physical with them and ran the ball right at them, and they were successful. So uh, that would be interesting as we talk about the the games coming up this weekend. Uh, but I just thought the Packers, uh, again, like I mentioned before, I think the Packers gave this one away. Right. No, I mean, almost five yards per carry uh, for, yeah. the, for the Packers in that game, and they had over, it uh, looks like, 5.3 yards per play, uh, which is – 
pretty good day at the office if you're the Absolutely. if you're the Packers offense. You feel pretty good about that, especially going up against a Forty uh, ers defense that is heralded as it is. Like they got some dudes over there um, yeah, on do. that on that sideline. That especially they just keep throwing defense like edge rushers at you. They just keep throwing waves of defensive line at you. It's insane. Them and the Eagles, they both are always signing edge rushers because they take to heart. Uh, you could never have too many pass rushers mantra. Correct. And, you know, it, it seems to work out. It seems to work for them as they're uh, into the NFC uh, title game, which we'll talk about against the uh, Detroit Lions coming up here pretty soon. But first, uh, let's go ahead and take a break, Big B. When we get back, we'll talk about the two games that were on Sunday, two excellent games that were on Sunday, and then we'll get into the AFC Championship game and the NFC Championship games. We'll be back on the other side. We appreciate you supporting KC Sports Network by listening to our podcast. You have helped us become the highest-ranked Chiefs podcast network in 2022 and 2023. And don't forget about our daily Substack newsletter, the best written analysis you can find on the Chiefs straight to your inbox every day. kcsn.substack.com We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Had a really good pair of games on uh, Sunday, which these games were weird kickoff times. The yeah, Chiefs game, The Chiefs, <laughs> Chiefs game kicked off at 5.30, which <laughs> it was nice to start a post-game show at like 8.30 and be done like around 10, because usually, you know, when we're doing the post-game show, they start at 7.20 usually. 7.25 is usually when that late kickoff is, sometimes 7.15. But then the post-game show doesn't start until like 10.30. And then, right. then it looks like when I'm getting done, it's close to midnight. When after I get everything up and packed up and done, and getting home close to one, so it was weird to be home by midnight. Uh, when off of a night game in the playoffs, I thought that was a very interesting pick. I'm all four or five thirty kicks. I think, I think I'm all. I'm, I'm, I think I'm down for that in terms <laughs> of the timing. Uh, but let's first talk about the uh, Lions and the Bucks. Lions pull this one out. They're no longer going to be playing home playoff games, but. They played as many home playoff games as they could in this playoffs as they uh, beat the Buccaneers 31-23, Big B. Uh, first thoughts on this game. I think there's a lot of places we can go with this one. Well, first off, it, was a, it wasn't a defensive masterpiece by any means. <laughs> uh, both teams were going up and down the field. Uh, I just thought that Detroit made another play, an extra play that, you know, or one more play than what the Buccaneers made. Um Baker Mayfield, for as much as people have maligned him over the years, and a lot of it is, you know, deserving so. Yeah. Um, he carved up the Lions. You know, I know people are going to look at the two interceptions. One was a tip pass, you know, that wasn't his fault. And then the second one was at the end of the game where he's trying to force a throw down the middle uh, when there wasn't a whole lot of time left in the game for them to win it. Um, we could talk about the end of the game that Todd Bowles not calling the timeout. That was weird. Um, yeah, but yeah, but I just thought it was a great offensive game. Uh, again, the Lions were pretty balanced. They kind of did what they did, but the Buccaneers did too. Mike Evans just showed, in case you're listening, Chiefs fans, he still got it. He still got it, man. So I, I just, you know, if, if Tampa didn't want to sign him, and maybe they were waiting to see if he had another year in him or some more left in him, it, it, he had a better year this year than last year. He didn't lose a step. And he saved his best for last because he got after the Lions uh, on Sunday. So uh, it was a good football game all around. Really good football game. If the Chiefs wanted to throw a contract at Mike Evans' way, <laughs> I would not 
be upset with it. Yeah, buddy. I mean, he's he's 31. The Chiefs traditionally don't sign a lot of guys over 30. Um, I guess Chris, they just signed Chris Jones to a one-year restructured deal. But, like, they don't like to sign multi-year deal guys over 30. You could understand why. It's not a very... But the thing is, you don't have to sign Mike Evans to five years. You don't have to do anything crazy like that. You can sign him to a two- or three-year deal. And my whole thing is, if it comes down to it, I think Mike Evans would leave Tampa for an opportunity to play with Patrick Mahomes. If the money's close, I think he absolutely would do that. I think that's kind of been the big thing, especially conversations that I've had, is like, I don't know if Mike Evans really wants to leave Tampa Bay. Like, he he likes the air. He likes the team. Like, I, I think that that's... Very fair. It looks like Smotrack says that his market value is four year ninety five, which works out to about twenty three point eight million APY. Be a little steep. I don't know if the Chiefs would pay that, especially when they got Legarius Sneed coming up on the books. Chris Jones situation. A lot of people assume that Chris Jones is gone, just be based on like his salary, his his salary tag or yeah, franchise tag. There we go. Uh, I was like, that didn't sound right. His franchise tag is thirty three million. Like that's not really going to yeah, work. Um, and they can franchise Legarius Steen for a whole lot cheaper. Uh, so they'll probably do that. And then if they can uh, get a wide receiver on the books, uh, like a, like a Mike Evans, I'm going to look up PFF's evaluation of a Mike Mike Evans uh, and their wide receiver because they've been doing a little bit uh, more evaluations. I like to compare like the spot track market value with this one as well to kind of get a good idea. I do think you know you mentioned it. Mike Evans has had a very good year. He put up another thousand yard season. It is physically impossible for that man not to have a thousand yard season. <laughs> and it was with Baker Mayfield as his quarterback. Who is yeah. you know and I and I, look I've been a Baker Mayfield defender for some time. I think he got a raw deal in Cleveland. I think it, yeah. it was great to see Baker come out here, get a playoff win, get more playoff wins than the Cleveland Browns had in their franchise since nineteen ninety five. Like that was great to see to stick it to Cleveland a little bit to see just as an organization, that organization has not handled a whole lot of things very good. So to see Baker Mayfield come out of there, uh, out of the situation where they basically tossed him aside for uh, Deshaun Watson, who's barely played, um, is an astounding move in itself. But to see him then go to the the uh, the Bucks has some success there. Well, look, he's got a good roster around him. Mm-hmm. He's he's got some good guys. The offensive line is a whole lot healthier than it was last year. Yes. And, and I think that really helped the Buccaneers get all the way there. But uh, you mentioned the not calling a timeout with, I think, what is it, 36 seconds left in the game. The the Bucks have a timeout. Todd Bowles doesn't call it. Todd Bowles also is uh, under, in a little bit of hot water, the going for two down eight uh, strategy that he employed and, and like the analytics behind it. I don't really like to get into all that analytic stuff of it. Right. Uh, but what were your thoughts on not calling a timeout with, you know, 36 seconds left in the game? It, you know, it did kind of seem like the, the Lions had it. But as the coach, you, I mean, you're not going to, why take a timeout into uh, your offseason, basically? Well, my whole thing was make them make the field goal. I know what his excuse was is that they were in field goal range and they were going to make the field goal. Well, make them make it. You know, you know, you know, you never know what could happen with the operation. Maybe it's a bad snap, something. Call the timeout and make them make them beat you in a sense. Make them beat you versus just giving up. You know, usually in situations like that, I say, you know, if you're taking a lead that a knee or something like that, that's because there's not enough time for you to do anything. Like if they take a knee, the clock's going to run out. Well, that wasn't the case. They just let them run it out. And I'm like, yeah. why not take a timeout and force them to beat you, especially at the end of the season when you don't know what could happen. There's an opportunity. Anything can happen. And they just, I don't know. He just, he let it go. He just gave, he gave up is a, is a strong word phrase to use. Cause I don't want to say that anybody quit, but at the same time, it looked like he just, quit he just said uh we give and wave the white flag i didn't like that yeah he conceded a little bit there uh for sure and it was one of those things where i mean i do understand what he's saying but like yeah yeah i get it i get it i just i didn't like the look i didn't like the correct when there when there's time for you to do something okay when there's no time or something like that and no matter what you can't make them punt or you can't make them kick a field goal I understand that you don't call a timeout 
it is what it is. But when you can make them do that, then I think you have to make them do that. Yeah. I think that's I think that's well said. This game, uh, I, I don't know. I kind of found myself. Uh, I wasn't really. I didn't really have a rooting interest in this game, right? I was just like, want want to cheer for some good football. But I love the back and forth nature of this one. Obviously, love an offensive game. Um, but yeah, the two quarterbacks in the NFC Championship are Jared Goff and Brock Purdy. Um, <laughs> a a little bit different than the AFC quarterbacks. We have Lamar Jackson, who is the presumed MVP. Against Patrick Mahomes, who has been to that game six straight times, and he's been to that game ever since he's been a starting quarterback in the league, um, which is quite an astounding stat. But I double-checked with PFF. Mike Evans, they have him at about uh, three years at $23 million a year. So pretty close to what uh, SpotTrack had. 23.8 is what they had him, and they've got 23 flat. So it's going to be an ask for the Chiefs if they want to get Mike Evans. They're going to have to have fork over some cash, and maybe that changes their plays at the draft a little bit when it comes to wide receiver. We'll have to see. But let's talk about that Chiefs game, Big B, because, well, <laughs> that game was, uh, and Andy Reid, this, this, what Andy Reid said after the game, he said it was an instant classic. And Yeah. And I think what about this game, we've seen some crazy takes come out since since then um the chiefs have kind of broken people's brains when it comes to their playoff success patrick Mahomes specifically because you got people I, I saw a tiktok about wanting to call for no more kicks in the nfl it, yeah it i saw tweets about microchips in the footballs and magnets <laughs> and controlling the football and then i don't understand and I, and I get it. I understand people don't like continued success. They don't like sustained success. They like parody. That's what they like. And Patrick Mahomes is the antithesis of what people enjoy in the NFL. Absolutely. And and I and I understand why people are upset with it. This must be what the New England Patriots feel felt like during that run. Like that's sure. the only thing that I can I can equate it to. Um, and they still have two more AFC Championship games to go before they reach what the what the Patriots were doing in that in that run there. Uh, but thoughts on that game, Big B? I thought it was one of those things where both of these quarterbacks played outstanding. It was it was a it great did. it was just a great football game just to kind of to end the football weekend. Yeah, both quarterbacks played great. Um, you know, if you go back to outside the trenches the week before, I said if uh, the path for the Chiefs to win this game, they got to run the football. And if they can run the football, they have a chance to win. And by God, they ran the football and they won the game. Now, it doesn't mean the Mahomes didn't play great. Doesn't mean the Josh Allen, because both teams ran the football. Yeah, they did. You know, but and that was the one thing I didn't know. I knew Buffalo would try, but I didn't know Buffalo would gonna be was gonna be able to run with the success that they did. And they were very successful, and it kind of threw things a little bit out of whack. Uh, until the Chiefs defense, basically the last quarter, the last nine minutes of the game, just said, enough's enough. You're not going to run this football anymore. Um, and, and they did that. But here's the thing that I think Chiefs fans will appreciate. I know I get kind of hard on the Chiefs, and part of that's because my wife's a diehard Chiefs fan. I like to give her a hard time. But look, the Chiefs are the big boy on the block. They are the champs. Mahomes is the best quarterback in the league. If you are going to beat the guy or beat the man you got to beat him and Josh Allen as good as he played there were plays at the end of the game that he did not make and they didn't win the game yep. and I have said that and I'm gonna stand on it and I don't care what anybody says he played a great game there's no doubt but you know what if you're trying to beat the world champions you got to do more that you there's there's no word or there's no anything that says hey I played a great game but I can miss a couple of throws at the end that cost us even though I did everything in my power up to that point to win at the end of the game yeah I didn't do enough but that's okay I just don't give people passes for that because if that was Mahomes they wouldn't be giving him a pass for that if that was Lamar Jackson they wouldn't be giving him a pass for that that's all I'm saying they don't give the, everybody passes for that Josh Allen doesn't deserve one either. He didn't do enough to beat the Chiefs. Period. I mean, they're just and I'm not saying him versus Mahomes because I'm not that guy that says quarterbacks against quarterbacks. Right. I'm just saying if you're going to beat the team that is the champ, you have to beat them. You have to knock them out. He didn't knock them out, and they lost. 
It's very well said. I guess I, I, I find Josh Allen and Justin Herbert get these similar passes. Yeah. Oh God. Of like, oh well, that that was a close game you lost, and I think, and I've said this for a while. That Josh Allen got more credit for losing the 13 seconds game than Patrick Mahomes gets for winning that game. Correct. And Correct. that is that's like, well, that was a really good football game. He he lost it, but I mean, look, they were in it. They changed the overtime rule because of it. And I really thought for a second there, Big B, we were gonna have overtime and the Chiefs were gonna get the ball second and then beat them. And, and beat them again with the changed <laughs> overtime rule. I thought that was gonna happen for a second. I was like, oh my gosh. Oh, Imagine how how poetic that would be. <laughs> But I think Nate Taylor brought this up, covers the Chiefs for the Athletic, does the Only Weird Games podcast for us here on KC Sports Network. He brought it up where he could he couldn't remember a time the Chiefs had won a game off of someone else missing a field goal, of the other team missing a field goal. The Chiefs have been in that situation plenty where they have a field goal to win and they lo- then they lose it, right? Like right. in history, they've that's happened. Sure, they've made the field goal to win the game. They've done that. But for the other team to miss the field goal to win the game, I think that that was a very interesting situation, a unique situation um, for the Chiefs to be in. And and I really liked what you said. You pulled out a little Ric Flair right there. You got to be the right. man to beat the man. Um, <laughs> and it's it's great. Like, I love Ric Flair. He always got all that good the the good stuff that people use. But oh yeah, it was it was a really good football game. And, and again, Josh Allen has played very well. But to have, I think, it was Sean O'Hara from NFL Network to say, no matter the outcome, he's still taking Josh Josh Allen over Patrick Mahomes. After stupidity, it's it, it's it's wild. Like I don't understand the thought process. Maybe it's maybe the thought process is clicks because if he if it is, it's working. Uh, but I, I just don't understand. Patrick Mahomes has not lost to Josh Allen in the postseason. Nope. He he's. Sure, the Bills beat the Chiefs in the regular season. He, I think, the all-time at record between the two is four and three. They've played a lot. They, those two guys have played a lot of football games against each other. And three of Patrick Mahomes' four wins over the Bills has, have come in the playoffs when it matters the most. He yeah. gets it done when it matters the most. That's just what it comes down to. And we're seeing a different Chiefs team, man. I mean, we yeah. talked about it last week against after like the the Dolphins game, and we you really could. You could see it, right? Because there were a couple deep McColl shots away from like really blowing that game open. Correct. Um, if Ma- if McColl Hardman looks up and tracks a ball and doesn't give up when he gets tugged a little bit, like that, we're talking about a game that was not close. Um, yeah. And and we've we've seen a resurgence of this Chiefs team that I think is something that, you know, frankly, to to, to kind of put myself on blast, I probably wouldn't have predicted that from what we saw from the Chiefs in the first. Mm-hmm. 18 weeks of the regular season and what they're often right. showed, I would not have guessed that, that was going to happen, but they come to the playoffs, they flip the switch, which I thought was kind of a farce, right? How do you, how do you flip a switch? How do you just flip a switch from going 18 weeks of not playing very well and just like, oh yeah, now, we, now we're now we going to play. They figured it out. I mean, they, yeah. they, they, they their offense looked like the, the offense of old Patrick Mahomes completed the most 25-yard-plus throws that he's had all season in this game. MVS caught footballs like Travis Kelsey showed up. They had incredible schemes on some of their touchdown passes, just their touchdown plays, just to get Travis Kelsey so wide open. Like, yeah, there were there was it, it was one of those games where it was a masterclass, I think, from Andy Reid and, and the play calling. And uh, we have Chase Daniel do an offensive breakdown for us, and and he was like, we we were running this stuff like when I was there in 2013, 2014. Like we were running this stuff. Like these are the plays. Andy Reid's taking it all the way back, adding a little bit of modern twist with some of the motions and stuff and everything. But um, yeah, I, I it's one of those things where I don't know if I would have predicted the Chiefs to be where they are right now. And I and I even said, I think midway through the season, I was on a podcast and said, you know, if they make it to the AFC Championship game at this point, like that's a win. Like that's the season's yeah. a win, considering what happened in the regular season. If they make it there, I'm not going to be upset. You know, it's kind of hard to follow up on that now with them being there and playing <laughs> as well as they have. But I don't think I will be upset. I don't think I'll be upset at all. But, um, yeah, man, I, I, I know I just rambled on about a whole no, lot of things that that I that I thought from this game. But anything else that stood out for me from that game? Um, the one thing that stood out is, I, I mean, everybody's talking about you know it was down to the wires close. It's like, well, the Chiefs had two turnovers in the red zone. Yeah. So that's another thing. I mean, one was through the end zone. I mean, if Hardman, again, I blame Andy Reid for that. Stop giving the ball to guys that haven't touched the ball in forever on the goal line. Just run the football. Just run the football. Stop trying to get cute down on the goal line. 
and it almost cost them. So you got to stop doing that. But at the same time, if they get that, they're up 11. The game's not close. So while we're talking about all this and that, the Chiefs gave away points. They, They literally gave away points in this football game that the game wouldn't have been close. And I saw somebody, you know, in the chat mention, hey, the field goal wouldn't have done anything. And I have yes. been screaming that. That's screaming that. You're telling me that Patrick Mahomes can't get the Chiefs in field goal range with a minute 49 and two timeouts left? That somehow they're just, no, nah, he's not going to be able to do it. Come on, people. What are we talking about here? I just, that's the thing that how I know the Chiefs are playing really good football is because everything was stacked against them to not win this football game. And a couple of turnovers here or there, they win the football game. They they win that football game because Buffalo had no turnovers. And right. the Chiefs went there. Everything, I mean, people throwing snowballs at them in the middle of plays. You know, it's just they went there and won a football game. Chiefs are playing good football right now. That That's the thing for me to take away is how well – the Chiefs played, regardless of what the score was, the Chiefs played really well in that football game. And you mentioned that, too. The Bills had a lot of balls bounce their way. Yeah, they I th- did. I think they fumbled four times and recovered all four of them. Yes! It's crazy. Like, they had a lot of fortunate things go their way, and the Chiefs still won that game. Still won the game. And they the did game. shoot themselves in the foot a couple of times. Like, they did. Like, you're talking about the McCall Hardman thing. Thankfully, McCall Hardman didn't fumble and turn it over the the other time he got the ball in the red zone. Yes. But, I mean, I don't yeah, I, you know. You can't give him a ball anymore, right? You just can't you do just that. Can. You, can't, you just you can't, can't do that. Sorry. I get you like him, Andy, but, like, you can't do that anymore. Nope. He, he's going to touch the ball twice and lose the ball twice. Twice. You can't. <laughs> you can't be doing that. But I'm excited for the matchup in the AFC Championship Absolutely. Game. And, Absolutely. Uh, Let's talk about the AFC Championship game. And one of the big things in the AFC Championship game is this line. And according to our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook, I think you guys know it's going to be coming, an official sports betting partner of the NFL playoffs. You can get an, uh, they're offering, uh, they're giving you an offer that'll help make the playoffs electrifying. New customers can bet five bucks on any game and get 200 instantly. In bonus bets, looking at the Chiefs Ravens line. Three and a half point favorites are the Baltimore Ravens over the Kansas City Chiefs. You can get the Chiefs plus 154 on the money line. Uh, not betting advice, but that looks pretty good. Uh, you can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code KCSN. New customers can bet five bucks to get 200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code KCSN. The crowd is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778 Hope and Y or text Hope and Y four six seven three six nine. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888 789 7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boat Hill Casino Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bits expire 168 hours after issuance. cdkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. All right, Big B, let's start there. Okay. Chiefs Ravens, the big one. First one, uh, first game of the night to kick off at 2 p.m. I'm glad that they got the they got the early kickoff this time. Yeah. Uh, last time they had the late kickoff. We already knew that they were going to be facing. Uh, play? Oh, the Eagles. Yeah, we already knew they were going to play the Eagles in the Super Bowl. But I like having the early kickoff. Chiefs going on the road again. This is going to be an AFC Championship game, not played in Arrowhead. Uh, what are your early vibes, early feelings on this? Well, I'm going to stick with the exact same thing that I said last week, is if the Chiefs can run the football, they got a chance to win this game. The the one thing that I see is in in early analysis is that the Ravens have a lot more ways to win the game than the Chiefs do. Now, that doesn't mean the Chiefs can't win. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying there are more paths and more avenues for the Ravens to win the game than there are for the Chiefs to win the game. And I think one of those, like I said, Chiefs got to be able to run the football. Now, that's yeah. easier said than done against the Ravens because, you know, you can't really run it against the Ravens. They've shown that, you know, here, especially the last six weeks of the season, if you can get an inch against them, you're doing well. You know, they just do not let you run the football. But I think the Chiefs got to find a way to be able to do it because they're going to press, you know, outside coverage. They're going to play press man. Uh, they're going to probably more than likely bring either have Patrick McQueen underneath on Kelsey 
and Kyle Hamilton over the top on Kelsey and try to take him away, or they'll just put Kyle Hamilton on him, period, to take him away. And he's very capable of doing that. So it's going to be tough, Uh, but it's not impossible. Again, it's not impossible. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is not a slouch. And so, and the Chiefs defense is not a slouch, you know. So, running the football on the Chiefs again. I know last week Buffalo did, uh, and the Ravens' run game is is better. I mean, let's just yeah. face it their their run game is better than Buffalo. So they're going to have to come up with something. But I think uh, one of those ways again is talking on the defensive side. You got to bring pressure to Lamar Jackson. Everybody keeps saying, "Well, just keep him in the pocket." That's a mistake because he has proven that he can stand back there and move around enough. DBs can't cover forever. And if you're all you're trying to do is just keep him inside the pocket, he'll stand back there, move around enough, and beat you. He's proven that he can do that. So I think you got to bring pressure. I think you got to bring it up the middle, bring it in his face. That's what you have to do. Don't worry about him running around the outside. I mean, he's going to do that even if you try to keep him in the pocket. He's going to beat your guy to the edge. He's just going to do that. So I think you got to try to fool him, bring pressure from maybe double corner blitzes, up the middle, double A gap blitzes. You know, you got to do some things to confuse him. More importantly, confuse his offensive line. If you don't and you just stand back and you, well, we're not going to rush him. We, We just don't want him to break the pocket. You'll be making a mistake because his weapons are not the same as what they were before. Uh, so I, I think the Chiefs, like I said, there's definitely a path for them to win. Just not as many as what Baltimore has, but there's a path for sure. Absolute path. I'd love to see the Chiefs defense. And, and, and shout out Michael Donigan in the chat for giving us a prediction here. He says Chiefs 23, Ravens uh, 20. Um, I, I think that's I think that's going to be interesting, especially the Chiefs defense, as good as it's been this year, I, I think it's the second highest scoring defense, second lowest whatever the best metric is in that in that regard. But they're they're second in the regular season. They come into the playoffs. They've had a couple of uh drives early on where it takes a little bit for them to adjust. I think it's just kind of a feeling out period of what they want to do. If there's any guy to throw some crazy stuff at Lamar at the offensive line, it's going to be Steve Spagnuolo. He'll he'll have something cooked up and he as he always does, he'll have Double corner blitzes. He'll have a safety blitz from the back side of the field. He'll he'll cook something up to kind of confuse them, like he did the the rotating safeties a little yep. bit. Uh, that really confused Tua a little bit. Um, on that, so I I, I trust Steve Spagnuolo in that regard, and I think that the defense is in good hands. It sounds like they'll have Willie Gay back. It's going to be big, especially with the linebackers that they'll be tasked probably with. And it contain Lamar for the most part. Willie Gay probably a good guy to put on him. I think Drew Tranquil is uh, is another good guy as well. But I wonder, Bigby, I want to get your thoughts on this because I wonder if they get if if there's a little bit of a benefit for them playing Josh Allen the week before. Josh Allen, you know, a heavy running uh, quarterback, not the same style of running quarterback as as Lamar, obviously, but still a guy who running is a large part of their game. I wonder if that helps the Chiefs defense a little bit having somewhat, or if it'll even be somewhat similar of a game plan heading into this one with trying to contain the quarterback rush while at the same time, look, the Chiefs got after the Bills. The Chiefs sent all kinds of blitzes after him. I want, I, 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 I'm sure that they're still going to blitz, but what are your thoughts on kind of how do you think playing the Bills the prior week helps with this? I mean, it does a little bit because Josh Allen is outstanding with his legs, but it's different. Yeah. Where they'll call off power or off tackle power plays. They were calling that for Josh Allen. And Josh Allen is more of a I'm gonna run through you type of guy. I'm gonna run to space where Lamar Jackson is elusive. Mm. So one guy, if you come at him and you're trying to break him down in the open field, you're not tackling him in the open field. Where you can hit Josh Allen, you may bounce off of him, where the difference is Lamar Jackson is not gonna let you hit him. You know, so it may help a little bit, and but they haven't run Lamar Jackson as much as they have in the past. I feel like this is a game where they just open up the playbook and empty that thing out and say we're, everything's on the table to get to the Super Bowl. So they may go back to we're running Lamar 20 times in this game to be able to win the game. Uh, one thing that I did see at the end of the game uh, and it, it it's again it's a thing that the Chiefs will have to to worry about is Dalvin Cook got into that football yeah. game and looked 
way better than anybody that the Ravens put on that football field at the running back position. Another week of him learning the playbook, understanding where blocks are going. I'm just telling you, I'm not, I'm not trying to scare anybody or anything like that. I'm just saying he looked very good. He looked fresh. Because first of all, he's better than both the running backs that the Ravens have. I mean, he's just better. He just is. And it looks like if he gets up to speed, I'm like, gee, many Christmas, what else are the Ravens going to get in their favor to win this football game? It's absolutely ridiculous. But I, I just, I think a little bit, getting back to your question, it helps. Don't get me wrong. It definitely helps, but I think it's different um, because the the rushing, how you're going to, how you would rush Josh Allen is different than how you would rush Lamar Jackson, in my opinion. For sure. No, I, I agree. I think that there is uh, some uh, some elements that could be similar, but wholesale wise, I mean, Lamar Jackson is a is a very talented quarterback. He you can't you can't underestimate the arm either. I think a lot of people, especially in Chiefs Kingdom, are like, oh, it's a running back. It seems like an old take from five yeah. years ago. Yeah. Uh, since the last time, I mean, they haven't played they haven't played the Ravens in a few years now, so like they haven't seen. Um, well, Lamar's kind of evolved into, and he's he's turned into a really good quarterback. What I do think will be interesting to see is if the Chiefs defense can force turnovers. That's been the big kind of bugaboo with this Chiefs defense. If you had to poke one hole is, you know, they play really well. They play sound football. They they get themselves off the field. But they just don't give the offense any short fields, and they just don't force that many turnovers. I think that'll be a, a, a key to watch there uh, from the Chiefs defense. Would love to see. Uh, Travis Kelsey gets some things going again. This was a game against the Bills where Travis Kelsey finally was like, "All right, that's enough. Uh, let's I'll go. Let's go ahead and do this uh, playoff game for both Patrick and and Trav." It's weird. I don't feel like I have that many worries about the offense just because of how well Patrick Mahomes is playing. We have a a guy playing that well going into this game. I know there's obviously clear hole with Joe Tooney and. The running game has been playing really well. Nick Allegretti is actually a pretty darn good run blocker when it comes down yes. to it. Uh, so, like, I think the running game will be will be fine if they can get it blocked up and, and schemed up properly. Uh, that's going to be a key. I, th- I think you hit all the, hit the nail on the head there. The running game is going to be big if they can build off the running game like they did against Buffalo, where they started out, they came out hot, they, they ran the ball a lot. They got some big chunk plays from Isaiah Pacheco. Edwards Lair had some good runs in that game as as well. If they can if they can come out. They can build off of that, and it opens up so much more when they get that run game going. Um, it's it's going to be a really good football game, and like this is this yeah. is probably two of the hottest teams right now playing each other uh, for a chance to go to the Super Bowl. And and if you if you think about it from the Chiefs' perspective, man, this would be I mean Patrick Mahomes' fifth yeah. appearance in six seasons. That's what gets me, Tucker, about the whole Josh Allen. Uh, you know, Patrick Mahomes thing is that everybody, well, I would take Josh Allen all day over Patrick Mahomes. I'm like, so the guys won two Super Bowls and two MVPs versus a guy who's done none of that. Yeah. And you're telling me that you would take that guy over him? I, it just doesn't make sense to me. It, it just does. And I don't think there's anybody else. I, I'm just trying to, to feel, and I know I'm going backwards, no, and no. I apologize, but no, it no. just makes me, it just drives me insane why they want to make Josh Allen better than Mahomes. What what is the fascination with wanting him to be better? I just I, I don't get it. How about we just celebrate what we're watching? And you know, you know me, I'm a diehard Steelers fan. I, I mean, I, I understand how good Patrick Mahomes is. I understand that he is the best quarterback in this league. And it is in my opinion, it's not close. You know, there's and that, but that doesn't mean other people aren't great. It doesn't mean that at all. It just means he's just better. And it's okay for him to be better. Let it go. Let it go. Research department came in with a fact check. Thank you, uh, producer Nick here. Fourth appearance. Uh, fourth appearance. Yeah. Patrick Holmes. Sorry. Fourth and six years. Uh, when it comes <laughs> down to it. Uh, and sorry that, that might not make that stat look as impressive. But talking about quarterbacks, there's a very different quarterback match going on in the NFC. When you talk about Jared Goff versus Brock Purdy, mm. a guy they continually try to crown as an MVP, Brock Purdy, mm. uh, versus Jared Goff, who, uh, look, has the Lions playing well right now? He's kind of found a resurgence in, in Detroit. Uh, there are seven-point dogs, the Detroit Lions are, as they go on the road to San Francisco. 
for this one. Over under set at 51, so they don't expect a lot of defense to be played in that one. Nope. Uh, thoughts on this game, this matchup uh, off the hand, uh, off the cuff, Big B? Turnovers are going to be the key. Yeah. If Detroit doesn't turn the football over, they have a chance because Detroit's going to be able to run it. Yeah. Uh, their offensive line is the best offensive line in the league. Uh, the Chiefs, the fans, they saw that firsthand, you know, the first game of the year. The Detroit can run the football, and they can also throw the football. They have a full allotment of weapons that where they can get after you on both ends. It comes down to if Jared Goff turns the ball over, which he's been known to do when you get after him a little bit. He'll turn the football over, whether it's throwing interceptions or fumbling the football. If he doesn't do that, Detroit's got an opportunity here. And the one thing that I will say right now, I am rooting for Detroit. Doesn't have anything to do with any alliance. I want to see the party. You yeah, don't want yeah. to see the party in Detroit if they win and go to the Super Bowl for the first time ever. I don't want anybody getting hurt. I don't want any see any businesses ruined. I just want to see that party because it is going to be insane if they win that football game. It will be. And if the Lions go to the Super Bowl, whoever plays them will, oh. will be hated by America. Right? Absolutely. The, Lions, the Lions are America's team right now. Look, and I understand I get it. As a Chiefs fan, I'm just like, man, I don't really want to play the Lions because everyone already hates the Chiefs. Everyone hates the Chiefs more if the Lions go to the Super Bowl and then lose to the Chiefs, right? Like, everyone would hate the Chiefs so much more <laughs> if that's the storyline. And it would be kind of interesting, too, if the first game of the season was also the last game of the season. I don't know how many times that's ever happened, uh, but that would, be, that would be an interesting. I might have to go back and do some research on that. First game of the season being the last game of the season, that would mean that their Super Bowl champion would have to go back to the Super Bowl. Doesn't have it a whole lot, truthfully. Yeah. Um, so this might could be the first time off the top of the head uh, that it could be. But this is an interesting one. I think it's going to be a very different game than what the the Chiefs and Ravens is going to be. Uh, so it might be a good little palate cleanser maybe. Maybe, you know what? Maybe the Lions and Niners game should have been first. Maybe, this game, maybe that game should have been first. And then you could have the good little, uh, the nice nightcap shot the nightcap chaser uh with the uh the ravens and the chiefs but it's an interesting matchup man the lions do seem like they got things going at the right time they're hitting their stride they had a little bit of a mid-season lull right and people were mm -hmm. kind of counting them out a little bit but then they started to hit their stride a little bit more uh jameer gibbs getting more involved obviously helped that guy's go to playing football yeah, yeah. Uh, and they got a lot of they got a lot of scrappy guys they've kind of taken on the the persona of their head coach and dan campbell in the way that yeah look i like how aggressive he is too like that's one of the things about that Lions oh, team where man and it's not like it's funny because it's not like an analytics aggressive right? i was just gonna say that it's not an analytics aggressive it's just i'm gonna go for it He's aggressive. It feels like he goes for it off vibes. Yeah. Right? Like he's like, this would be really sick if I got this first down here on fourth Absolutely. down. Absolutely. I'm gonna go for it. And then I think there's even been sometimes where analytics is like, you should not go for it here. But he's like, you know, I'm gonna go for it. Um <laughs> so I think that's what makes the lines they're such a likable team. And I think yeah. that's what that's what's very contagious about them. The Niners are the big bad Niners, right? They've ran the NFC for years and they're good and they've got all these really good players on it. They've got a super team, essentially, with a uh, quarterback who is benefiting from having a super team around him. And so, like, there's there's a lot of storylines going into it that just, like, make Detroit a more likable team into this matchup. Right. Um, and look, they're playing good ball. I, mean, I think you make they a good point about the turnovers. Uh, if they can take care of the ball, maybe even force some turnovers themselves, too. They got a good shot at well, that game. Yeah. I think it's going to be a really even matchup. Kind of what I said earlier is like both teams got broken by the Ravens. The Ravens yeah. literally smacked both of them around, and they both kind of are like, holy smokes, what just happened? Okay, maybe we're not as good as we think they are, or we are, and we have to refocus a little bit here. Um, it happened later in the season for the 49ers. It happened in the midway point, kind of what you pointed out as far as the Lions, is that, okay, they went through that little lull because – Again, the Ravens just crushed them, and they had, had to take a step back, and it was kind of like a standing eight count where they got punched in the face and couldn't see anything for a minute. So uh, I, I just like the matchup, Tucker. I think it's going to be – I don't think it's going to be as good as the Ravens-Chiefs, but I think it's going to be a good football game. I think it's going to be entertaining. 
But again, I think it's going to just come down to turnovers. If mm-hmm. if the Lions don't turn it over, they got a chance to stay in this game and a chance to win. If they turn it over, they could get blown out. Absolutely. I hope I watch this game because uh, there's a good chance if the Chiefs lose, I will not watch this game. <laughs> just how it goes. Um, I, I saw uh, Doug put this in the chat here. Uh, the last three seasons, the team that beat the Bills in the playoffs lost their next game. Are you worried? I think that's interesting. I saw that up come up on Twitter. Either I think it was Monday or Tuesday. It come across, and I thought that that's just a really strange coincidence. Hmm. Um, but it is certainly a trend that is. Uh, I already said the word, but interesting. Uh, I don't know if I put any stock in it. I'm not a very superstitious person, maybe I don't know if you are. Like I don't. I don't believe in jinxes. Like, I don't really go into all that, but I do. But in this case, if the Chiefs lose, it's because the Ravens are just really good. I, I wouldn't put any stock in the, you know, the the whole Buffalo thing. If the Chiefs get beat, it's because the Ravens were just better that day. And and, and maybe every day. Maybe the Ravens are just that good. But I wouldn't put any stock in the the whole Bills thing. But as far as jinxes are concerned. Yeah, I'm I'm a little superstitious. I remember I used to put socks on the same. I still do socks on the same way, shoes on on the the same foot, one on one, one on the other, the same way all the time. I, I feel that way a little bit because I feel if I do something different, something bad's gonna happen, Tucker. I don't want anything bad to happen. I think that I've always told people when they've asked me if I'm superstitious, I think I've been hitting the head too much to remember if I'm superstitious. Yeah. I got you know. You. <laughs> Like, cause sometimes I'll just be going, you know, just doing stuff. And like, oh, I forgot to do that, mm. and then nothing happens. I hear you. So, like, I don't know. I mean, I don't. The announcer's jinx, though, that one's pretty close to me. I'm like, I think that's real. That's a real got, thing, especially you know, on field goals. You got Bass trotting out there to tie the game, and Kevin and Kevin Harlan is that who it was? Uh, Jim Nance. Kevin Harlan did the radio call for Westwood yep. One, and I don't yep. know if you heard that one. That one I did not call. Very good. Oh, call. was it? Uh huh. <laughs> um, Jim Nance just is like, well, he's never missed one of these. Yep. <laughs> and it always and seems, boom. it always seems that those tend to happen, especially on field goals. That that seems funny. like it's the only time. Oh yeah. Well, the funniest meme that I saw was on TikTok where a bunch of Chiefs fans were watching the game. I don't know if you saw it. They're watching the game at home, and a guy puts on a fan at the side of his television, and he kicks it, and it blows the ball. (laughs) I'm like, boy, I'm like, man, this is just outstanding. That's why we love football so much, man, because of stuff like that. It's just crazy. It makes you crazy. It does make you crazy indeed. Well, Makes you so crazy that you'll do a podcast live at 9 p.m. Central Time every Wednesday talking about every game in the NFL. And that's what we just did. So I appreciate you guys hanging out with us. If you're hanging out with us live, you're a real one. Appreciate you. Hit a like, uh, drop a follow, follow, subscribe. All those good stuff because it helps us out with the algorithm. Drop a comment as well. Uh, Let us know your favorite matchup uh, in the game and what you're looking forward to in in, uh, this uh, championship weekend. Only three more football games left in the NFL season. Crazy to think that we've come this far already and we could end where we started the season. Right? Kind of crazy. Think of Lions, Chiefs. That's my prediction. Lions, Chiefs in the Super Bowl, Big B. You got What's your matchup prediction before we get out of here? Uh, 49ers, Ravens. Don't be mad at me, Chiefs fans. Don't be mad at me. You're going with the uh, old logo conspiracy, aren't you? You know, I, I thought about that. I, I'm the first person to say that that's BS, but then I'm like, eh, maybe it isn't. You know, maybe, maybe it's all just rigged. Maybe the script is out. And I, they sent me the script. I don't know. <laughs> I saw, uh, I don't know if this is real. Someone said that the the New Orleans logo was leaked. It was like green and black. Yes. So they said it was yes. like Raiders and Packers. Like, that's not, okay, that's not going to uh, it's, it's always something. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but I just kind of want that theory to be put to bed because I'm just like, all right, how, how yeah. dumb do, how dumb do we have to be? Correct. <laughs> well, and you could also say, cause if you look at the logo, I mean, it's purple, but at the bottom of it, it's blue. So is it red and blue for Chiefs lions? I mean, who's to say, I don't know. I don't know. 
It's true. And also, like, I think the the Eagles one is kind of a stretch. Like, that's it, a teal. It's very much a stretch. That's a teal. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> anyway, that's, those are our parting thoughts for you. Don't believe everything you read on the internet. Uh, we appreciate you believing everything you listen to here on us, this podcast, on Outside the Trenches. Thanks to Five Farms Irish Cream Liqueur. Make sure to go check out our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook. Get in on those uh, lines. I mean, you can find some pretty good value on a lot of things over there at DraftKings Sportsbook. So for Big B and Tucker Frank, we'll be back next week recapping the week that was in uh, the NFL. So we will catch you guys next week, hopefully, fingers crossed, after a Chiefs win. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.